0: If this uh, workshop was framed in the speaking of uh, the other Karen, then my research, my PhD, was on the other, other Karen, <laughs> in the sense that uh, Ardette still wrote about mostly Sako community because, sh- uh, she and as she argued, she had better access to them. But uh, my PhD was focused specifically on uh, uh, Plo communities of uh, central Cain state, and the transnationalization of these communities that has been happening since, uh, as far as I can tell, uh, how far my uh, interviews went back to, uh, what people could tell about Um, mid 80s, which is the same time as uh, the mass displacement also uh, started. So uh, actually it was the, the same networks that were being used later for labor migration. So my PhD project that I did uh, at SOAS uh, in London was um, uh, based on choosing a particular area, a community, in Pa'an uh, Township uh, and um, interviewing people in that community and people from that community <coughs> in Bangkok. So basically, it was uh, transborder border um, fieldwork And yeah, I did interviews and ethnography intermittently between uh, 2012 and last time I was there in 2016. Uh, I have about uh, over 100 uh, interviews by now. Uh, About 90 of them are with uh, migrants themselves. And if uh, Alexander was talking about this uh, humanitarian industry, so in my case, Economy. Uh, yeah, economy. In my case, it is the the rise of uh, the migration industry, how it arose in Central Korean state. So just to set the scene, uh, probably most people here have been to Paan or thereabouts. Uh, yeah, this is the landscape in Paan Township, the Paan uh, Town Center. And uh, this is what uh, sort of makes up this migration industry, keeps together and builds transporter infrastructure even at a time when it was not possible to bridge that gap legally and officially uh, between Thailand and Myanmar uh, because such activities were illegal. So this is what you could find, uh, especially in the 2000s, in many villages uh, in Central Cayenne state, um, uh, so-called Thai phone shops where uh, families of the migrants could go and make a call Uh, to Bangkok or other Thai cities through the Thai mobile networks. So it's completely illegal and uh, (laughs) the owners of such uh, businesses had to uh, pay a regular fee to the police and uh, uh, pay for the running of transmission towers who would strengthen the Thai mobile network signal in the donor range. Um, and this photo I also like very much because you basically need uh, the basics of two languages to understand the, uh, the title of the of the restaurant, which is in Thai but written in uh, Burmese script. <laughs> it's, it says d," which is tasty in Thai, but it's written in Burmese script. So th- it's run by a lady who also worked in Bangkok for a long time and then came back to her village and established this restaurant and this is what you see also uh, v- is very common in Pan Township. Many many Thai restaurants run by the returnees. Uh, th- the the trip, as you may know, between Pan and Mieavadi used to be very arduous, but that has changed with the new road uh, to a great extent, uh, and. Uh, Migrants that I was interviewing, of course, because they come from the central Korean state, from Pan Township, they would cross via Miawadi-Miazot, the busiest border crossing point. And as they've been telling me, Miawadi, and especially Miawadi, has also been uh, transformed by these flows. And this is also part of the same uh, migration industry. uh, Those who can read the Burmese script can see that uh, uh, it lists various hubs of Burmese migrants in inside thailand so Mesau, bangkau uh samut Prakan, mahachai where where the fisheries industry is based and and these are the two the two ways to cross to cross the border this is the official way with many queues especially during the buddhist new year and then under the bridge and uh, people call it like that themselves. Okay, uh, but uh, for this presentation especially, I was asked uh, by Justine to focus more on women, which is, which was not what my project was exactly about, but gender is definitely present in the uh, processes of migration, uh, and the discourses of transnationalism themselves are gendered, since uh, women are traditionally associated with reproductive labor, whereas men with productive. So the discourses are also different then. In, it's known that in certain areas of Southeast Asia, temporarily labor migration, cross-border migration especially has become a sign of male maturity, like uh, initiation, sort of Mm a uh, ceremony, uh, right. Uh, But, Mm, we don't have this. Uh, uh, speaking of women, maybe because mobility in search of adventure, which is captured by this uh, Thai uh, saying by Teo, which implies sort of going around, especially for fun, like traveling, it it used to b- it used to be regarded as a male prerogative because it also has connotations as. Um, with gaining uh, sexual experience, for example, which is not, <laughs> not, not allowed for young women, uh, single women especially. So if we look at uh, previous research, specifically on the Karen ethnographic research, Yoko Hayami, for example, has argued about the Northern Thailand's Sako uh, Karen women that their lives were supposed to take place within their village. Uh, and Hamilton, who did uh, research even mu- much earlier in a Tai Plo village, said that the only female to travel regularly was the midwife, who was not restrained anymore by this young single uh, lady status. And again, this was for reproductive sort of labor. Uh, but in today's transnationalized Cayenne state, uh, women do travel, and uh, some of my informants said that actually there are even more women migrants than men, so they have to negotiate, as has been noted uh, in studies about other Asian uh, women migrants, that they have to negotiate and uh, navigate between the notions of being modern women Mm -hmm. in the sense of going abroad, uh, doing the same thing as as men, in, uh, but also being dutiful daughters in the way of having to provide for the family, that their, uh, the excuse for their migration is that they uh, are providing for the family. So uh, judging from my own interviews, women definitely uh, were even among the earliest migrants. Um, for example, one of the ladies I talked to in, in that village who has by now come back, she went to Maesod already in the 1984 or 1985 at 16, in, uh, at a time when farming was uh, extremely discouraged by high rice tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family had a big plot uh, of land, so they had to pay a lot of tax and uh, nobody wanted to do farming. And it was already her father who went to do uh, farming. So the, the first jobs were still in farming, but on the other side of the border. And he actually died in Popra area. And then she was the first in among her siblings, but then all siblings and then all her three children also went to Thailand. So by the time I met her in the village, when she was already back, uh, both her husband and three children were away working. Well, she was taking care of uh, a grandchild. Domu uh, is uh, also left in 91. at the ta- that, that is a very uh, sort of a bit different situation because she was already married and with children and she went with her husband and then uh, leaving uh, children with grandparents. And she says uh, from her work, from what she earned, she could support her own family but not her siblings, which again suggests that Women do feel this uh, obligation to provide not, not just for her own uh, children, but to support siblings who don't go. Dosu uh, also said that in the early 90s it was very difficult in the village that I call Tawangokrang, and that most women wanted to go to Thailand. And she also set off in the early 90s. Nasabu uh, said that she went because the uh, parents' uh, rice storage burned down, and she left in order to help them at the age of, of 14. Napia uh, was a government uh, teacher, so she said it was even more difficult for her to leave, but she also wanted to help her parents who um, had debts because of a failed business plan. For women uh, specifically, uh, Thailand is considered dangerous uh, with the image of Bangkok as a sort of a sin city. Uh, also, women talked about the fear of being raped in. Uh, undertaking this uh, clandestine trip, uh, being smuggled into Thailand. Uh, But speaking about the incidences of being trafficked, which is usually what's associated with uh, women's migration and clandestine migration in Thailand, especially when you raise this in Thailand, uh, I found only maybe four cases from um, around 90 uh, interviews that, and it was always women, but always the first job, only in the uh, 90s, I think, when it was uh, only starting. Mm-hmm. The industry was just developing, and they were always uh, relying on their broker to find them a job. This doesn't happen anymore because now, at the time you set off, you already have a job because you already have a cousin or, or somebody else who uh, finds a job for you in Bangkok and you're going straight to take it. And they were also not paying the broker upfront, so they were sold to that first employer and then they had to run away, which they all did. Another interesting thing is that, uh, as uh, one informant mentioned, is that single women tend to work as housemaids and married women in factories, which again suggests that single women are uh, regarded as those who require this protection of a family setting. So they they work in this sort of protecting and immobilizing framework of uh, housework being part of a Thai family before they can go and sort of mix uh, in factories. Uh, when it comes to coming back, it's usually uh, uh, the care um, care requirements, taking care of children, of uh, parents who meanwhile age, or uh, uh, recently it can be also the expiration or uh, some sort of a coincidence of with expiration of documents <coughs> that they have acquired, uh, to work in Thailand legally uh, retirement because their children have already moved to Thailand and taken their place and are starting to provide. So here are a few cases also that yeah, Dokinji uh, Ji came back, and then later uh, they established a shop with the idea to keep the, at least the youngest daughter in the village, but the next time we met her, the <laughs> daughter was already also in Thailand. Um, Another case was uh, Domimi, who also came back to take care of her mother, ailing mother, and uh, they opened the uh, this Thai phone shop. But by 2013, these uh, phone shops were closing because the uh, Myanmar mobile networks mm-hmm. were spreading. So this is non-existent by now. This business, although it used to be, they they used to have like nine shops in the, in the same village, and they all were doing okay. Um, In terms of outcomes of migration, I found that uh, this uh, this trend was quite interesting. That uh, several women mentioned that yes, a lot of things changed as a result, uh, but still we're in economically re- we're in the same situation as we were. Like because money is being spent on consumption mostly, uh, and uh, and they have to provide for so many people. Uh, in NPS case, also. The for usually as especially as the eldest sister providing for the youngest siblings then their children and then taking care of the old uh, ailing p- uh, parents. So in terms of patterns yeah uh, being a woman does not immobilize you but women's migration is often the way they present it is that that's a way to repay family's debts and uh, we can now see that it's already the second generation of women migrants. There are already daughters, adult daughters, who are working <laughs> and with their children being tended in the, in the village. Uh, families are usually now started in Thailand, although still with uh, other Karen, the people that they still m- tend to mix with in, in Bangkok or other Burmese uh, ethnicities. And it is women, the women who undertake more of the balancing of between the productive and reproductive work. So if, if it takes uh, coming back in order to take care of the children, it's usually the women who go back. And in terms of the more general uh, trends, so that implies the processes that we have been seeing elsewhere in Southeast Asia, the shrinking labor force in agriculture. Uh, rice is now bought rather than grown. Uh, the rise of small-scale small scale trade, because most of the people who come back, they do some sort of, open some sort of a shop, even though, again, they're mostly the same in the, in the same village. And uh, the move uh, towards two-wage families, which this entrenched migration has helped to push. This is what uh, Nolamu, one of those uh, returnees, has told me, that now women are the same as men, and they have to find a job. like because you need two salaries to mm-hmm. have a better life. And she, she, she was at the time also uh, taking care of a baby, but she said, when my son, the second son is older, then I will look for a job too, mostly in trade. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm.